0: Hello, and welcome to your March 11th edition of Monday Night Football. I'm Coach Alan DeRitter. I'm the head soccer coach at Dullesaw High School for the boys, helping out with the girls a little bit this year, it looks like. And also, I'm the director of coaching at Soccer Innovations of America, We always start off the show with a prayer. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear God, we thank you for letting us have this sport, letting us have this media so that... uh We can continue to talk about the growth of youth soccer, uh, which doesn't end at the end of high school season. If anything, the cycle restarts at the beginning of the club season after high school is done. Pray for success um, um, of all of our programs and that the sport continue to grow. And we hope that this show could be just part of the solution, not part of the problem. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. Y'all, our show tonight is brought to you by LSU Alexandria, okay? LSU Alexandria is going to be having some college ID camps coming up that I really think that uh, the average Louisiana player and above-average player should take advantage of, okay? Uh, It's hard to get to these college showcases, and it's hard to play for teams that go play in the college showcases and LSU Alexandria is just one of these opportunities that didn't exist when I was a kid, where you could play college ball and get yourself identified by a college coach. Not just to play for LSU Alexandria, but quite frankly, uh, if you're good enough and LSU Alexandria is not a good fit, the coaches of this camp at these camps can get you in touch with people that can uh, reach out to you and, and get you scholarships. Y'all, I, I had five college coaches reach out to me today looking for players, okay? And uh, and if you have a college ID camp in your resume and you have video of what you did at the college ID camp, I mean, all of that is gravy. And that can get you a, 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 at least a chance for the college coach to take a look at you and ask you to come to their college ID camp. So it, this is an opportunity you can't you can't pass up, I don't think, and especially for the location and the price. Okay, uh, the for for the girls or for the women, uh, it's going to be on March the thirtieth, uh, and that's in a couple of weeks. Registration will uh, end at that time. You can you can register at the door. I would suggest that you register early so they can give you a, a, a heads up of who's going to be there, what you should bring, what time you should get there. Etc. Okay. Um, anyhow, it's um it's in Alexandria at the LSU campus, and you can register online at abcsportscamps.com, dot com, ABC dot com. Okay, and uh, or you can go to the Louisiana State University at Alexandria website. Anyhow, to get specific information, you can contact the director of the camp NSUN. I L A at L-S-U-A E-D-U. Since this is a podcast, you could play that over and over again. That's again, N-S-U-N-I-L-A at L-S-U-A dot E-D-U. Or call 318-321-7838. That's 318-321-7838. And also, for the boys in here, the men's ID camp is on May the 4th. Same price, $80. bucks. you are not going to beat that anywhere. So, um, uh, take a good look at it. See if you can fit it in your schedule. And I think it's time well spent and money definitely well spent Show this college ID camp. Okay, so um, tonight's show is going to talk about something ugly. Okay, uh, basically it's about... Uh, tournaments that use gold differential as their tie break. And I understand why gold differential is used for a tie break. I think everybody who listens to the show, they don't need to be lectured on what a gold differential is if they're listening to a high school soccer show. But I just don't think it's a good idea um, to use a gold differential without a cap uh, when you're dealing with teams that are just starting out and teams that are developing and are not developing upped okay now if it's a select invitational tournament i think go differential i guess that'd be fine uh if you're an invitational team if you're a travel team uh you should be able to not let somebody score one of the five goals on you and uh, or you shouldn't be at that level but in a tournament that allows rec teams to participate in the tournament Okay, whether it's for fundraising reasons or it's opportunity to give them a chance to see what soccer's at the, like at the next level, I think drumming a team by 18 goals uh, so that because you had to score 17 in order to be advanced, uh, I think that has a bad side effect in the fact that uh, that some teams might just close shop. Some clubs might have to close down, which for the developed clubs, that's no sweat off of their back. But for the development of soccer in Louisiana and the development of soccer in the United States, that's a problem. Okay. Because we're taking the average soccer fan and player and basically rubbing it in their faces that they weren't developed and highly coached when they were six, seven, and eight, which is really, really important. Uh, It's not the end. of the road if you're a player listening to us and you're just getting started and you're 15 or you're 14 but you're starting under the behind the eight ball if you want to compete at the highest level and i i think that to rub it into a a team's face like that 18 to nothing 15 to nothing uh, you know we're just discouraging the game's growth and quite frankly a player who's good enough to play soccer on a team that travels could probably play baseball or softball and probably will go to baseball and softball their sophomore year instead of having to deer that kind of beating and drumming week in and week out. We have an anonymous coach. Participated in one of the Gulf Coast tournaments this weekend. There were tournaments all throughout the Gulf Coast. We're not going to single one club out. We're not about that. We're not trying to. We discourage the clubs that are established and the clubs that are trying to get established. We're trying to just be part of the solution, not the problem. And I think that there was some damage done uh, this weekend. Uh, especially, I found that my one of my teams was guilty of trying to pile points on because of the goal differential, and eleven to nothing. I, I that didn't. Sit well with me, and so it got me asking questions and being critical about what's going on, and and I know this person personally is not malicious. They just without 13 goals they couldn't advance, and they only could score 11, and the other team still scored zero. Okay, so what about that team that scored zero? Should they be allowed in the tournament? Uh, are they in the tournament just to fund the club as a fundraiser, or are they? Why are they in the tournament to begin with? So. We're going to talk to this anonymous coach who agreed to come on the air because he doesn't want to put down any other clubs. He coached this anonymous team. He was annihilated three times, okay, this team was. And they were actually in the thick of the game before their goalie got taken out because of a concussion. And after that happened, he had to put a rookie in the goal, and the other team smelt blood and just poured it on him. But it, the game was very tight. It was a one nothing game before that point. And then 15 nothing was the end score. So I, th- I think we need to hear his point of view. I think instead of listening to me gripe and complain about it, listen to how it is on the other side of the fence, and then you be the judge. Okay? And uh, and that's really where the soccer game is. It's you people who put on the tournaments or are listening to the show, uh, it's your call. But I want you to hear what it's like to be on the other end of that of that of that game on monday night football we're going to break for a second and when we come back we're going to talk to coach anonymous um and, and see what it sounds like we'll see you after the break hello this is coach alan DeRitter, and i want to invite all of you to take a closer look at De La Salle high school in new orleans De La Salle is a dynamic inclusive community committed to academic excellence by evidence with our classrooms of the future. And of course, our commitment to athletics is second to none. Come take a look at DullesalNola.com and schedule your spend a day today. That's DullesalNola.com. You can advertise your business for as little as $50. Contact us to see our rates and get your business in front of the Gulf Coast soccer community. Follow us on Twitter at MNFUTBOL, as well as Facebook, or call us at 504-577-3131 504-577-3131 Hello coach? Yes. Hey, welcome to Monday night football. Appreciate you being on our show tonight. I wanted to uh before I start asking you questions, you're the president of a club. Uh to give everybody perspective, how long have you been uh, uh associated with this club? 3 years. Okay. And, uh and how many years coaching have you had?
1: Um, so I've, I've been coaching for, this is my fourth year to coach and I've been the president of the club for, th- this is my third year to be the president.
0: All right. So, uh, and I think that this club has been around for over a decade, huh?
1: Yeah. The club's been around for a while. Um, uh, we actually took it over from the people who started the club, uh, what, three years ago.
0: Okay. So, in other words, you're not a new kid around the block, okay? You've been around. and A um, little bit, yeah. Okay. And so you've been on to a lot of tournaments. And uh, now y'all had a pretty uh, um, rough experience this weekend with teams just uh, running up the score, especially in uh, uh, at the U16 bracket. Could you kind of explain to everybody what happened to you?
1: Sure. Yeah. We had a couple of teams where the score got run up to <clears throat> probably more egregious one it was a uh, U16 girls team and this team just made and, uh, we register with LSA. All of our teams are, are registered rec. So we, we don't have select teams cause we, frankly, we don't get enough kids to go through a select process or cut or anything like that. So, uh, it's, it's it was the team's first tournament and. uh they had 11 girls on the roster total so it was just enough to make a team uh they were playing a team i, I won't mention the name of the team yeah but no let's
0: keep that small
1: yeah they were playing a team in the tournament and it was well into the first half four was one nothing and my keeper came out uh on a one-on-one and there was a collision and girl fell on top of her and and she hit her head and trainer looked at her and decided it was probably best for her to not play. So the team was then down uh, to 10 players total. There's no subs. Um, So on top of now playing 10 v. 11, uh, there was no, no one with any keeper experience to put in the goal. So the, the other team continued to play 11 v. 10 and uh run the score up and every time they would score a goal uh <clears throat> you go back to kickoff uh the coach as soon as kickoff would happen the coach would yell you know press press and it was uh it was just pedal to the metal Score as many goals as you can The the girls on the other team were a little older a little more physically mature and they were They were playing real physical and bullying their way through. And and it was just, you know, running the score up as high as they could and ended up 15 to nothing before the
0: game was over. My goodness. And this is your girls, like you said, it was their very first tournament, right? That's right. All right. And so here they are. They travel five, six hours to get to this tournament. And uh, what do you think their motivations are going to be to go to another one?
1: That's very difficult because some of these girls had played tournament ball before and maybe had a little better idea of what what tournament ball was like. Granted, they've never had the score run up on them like that before. Some of the girls were new to the club and new to the tournament scene and um, maybe didn't know. But when you have a team that's short on players like that, uh, it's it's not real easy to turn around and recruit more players onto the team Uh, You know, when the kids feel demoralized and they're they're not exactly going to go to their friends and talk about the great experience they had and how you should come and join the team. And it it makes it difficult to to take a new team like that and, and build them up whenever things like that happen.
0: Yeah, yeah and, and I feel your pain. I really do. And I'm not talking from some ivory tower. I mean, I had dealt with a coach. What got my attention about this topic is I had one of my coaches um, um, who trying to get to the finals of this tournament, um, and there were a lot of tournaments this weekend from Florida all the way to Texas. So we're not we're signaling anyone out. And I understand the, the philosophy of having a goal differential so that way you can have the best two teams no matter what are the age group advance to the finals, no matter what bracket they were in, and there's a lot of logic and and uh, um, and and some good reasoning behind that. Um, but I think the the unintended side effects of of having a demoralized team I think greatly outweighs uh, that, and that's why I kind of have you on the show so that people can hear the other side of that. So, are y'all scheduled to go to any more tournaments?
1: Yes. Yeah, we're going to uh, a few more tournaments uh, in the spring, and then, of course, we'll kick things back off in the fall.
0: Okay, what do you have to say to the coaches that are probably going to put comments here saying, well, they're a rec team, they should have known they were getting into, why don't they just play the Coles Cup and be satisfied with that? Which answer to that?
1: So, you know, I've I've actually been on both sides of this, granted, uh, I haven't been on the on the side to have opportunities to run scores up as much but i've i know a lot of coaches i've talked to a lot of coaches and uh i've even talked to players who've been on teams that have been in that other situation you know where you you're in a opportunity to run a score up on someone where you know there's just a big mismatch and in, in my personal opinion it's smarter to find a way to challenge your team so that they get better in a mismatch and instead of just throttling a lesser opponent. So as a, for instance, um, uh, I have a young lady that helps us coach and she's been through the ODP program and she said her coach would, when the score differential got really high, her coach would tell the players, you're only allowed to score with a header off of a cross, no other way. Uh, so that challenges the team to then, uh, you know, execute a certain way that's more difficult and it's it's more challenging, and they don't get easier goals, and it doesn't run the score up. I've seen uh, like when you have open subs, I've seen teams that are up, and they know the other team doesn't have a chance. They'll sub even on the other team's throw-ins. They'll send two kids out, throw them in, and the game starts back up. Here comes two more kids, and they try to slow the pace of the game down. I've seen uh, where every time they get the ball, they play it back, and they focus on building out of the back and progressing the play up, and they won't counterattack anymore. There's a lot of things you can do uh, with your tactics that will help your team uh, to actually progress by making it more difficult to beat a team that's, uh, you know, not equipped to, to play.
0: Okay. So what do you have to say to the coach or the coaching director who uh, is getting paid? Uh, they're like this, they're getting paid. This is their job and their team for them to be assessed as doing a good job, their team needs to go to the finals and there's a 13 goal differential and they really have to put 14 goals on you. Um, and, and so, if, like, I have a five-goal rule with my teams. You know, after five, we just stop scoring after we have five goals. And there's a way you can do it without even putting all those restrictions you had on. I just play the game and not patronize the other team. And then I have the guys shoot wide. And without saying anything about it, without making a big deal about it, just take a really hard shot make sure that it doesn't go in, you know, and don't just tap the ball to the keeper and, and rub it in their face and – and that way they can feel like, okay, the defending has gotten a little better and you still played hard, and but the other team is totally demoralized. Like I've, I know of one high school team this year that everybody on the team quit and they were just developing and they're going to play baseball now. They're not going to play soccer and, and it's our loss, you know. What do you have to say to those coaches that are making a living doing this, saying that, well, we had to beat them by 14 or we wouldn't advance?
1: So there's a couple things there. You know, one thing is uh, I think sportsmanship is important. Uh, Kids play sports, and I think it's proven that kids who play sports make more successful adults. So part of learning to be a good person and growing up to be a good adult is that you have to learn how to compete with people out in the world. And you have to learn how to uh, lose with grace and integrity and you have to learn how to win with grace and integrity. So you may get an opportunity in that one game, in that one tournament, but if you're looking in the long road, uh, you know, in the progression of an athlete or a person, what what are you doing there? What are you teaching your kids? Uh, you know, and I think that teams take on the personality of their coach. And if you have a coach that plays that way then they're teaching those kids that's how you interact with people in your real life so i personally would discourage doing something like that if you know if compassion isn't good enough then you have to consider what you're actually doing to your own team and and how you're developing them as people not just players
0: Correct and 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 I do think there are some people out there that it's dog eat dog, you know. Uh, if they don't deserve to be out on the field, then then we're going to show them they don't deserve. And then I don't know. You have to be a soccer fan if you're if you're the president of a club. I just think it. This is my personal opinion. Tell me what you think. But I think right now we're still not in a position where in Louisiana uh, we can even get. Um, people interested in basketball like LSU basketball was exciting for a couple of weeks and now this stuff comes out and and uh with with Will Wade and and people are back to talking about the Saints offseason uh building and LSU offseason building football 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 which I'm not against football but if we're gonna make soccer grow uh even (laughs) we're way behind basketball and the more kids we turn off from the sport I think the more the more soccer gets to be put on the the back burner than the front burner. I don't know. Am I off base? Well, I agree.
1: Uh, one of the problems I think nationwide with soccer is so much of it is pay to play. And you take a club like my club, we have very low fees to be competitive. Uh, we we can't pay our coaches as much. It's, it's a fledgling program, really. Uh, I know it's been around for a while, but when we took it over, we had two teams in the club. We now have eight teams in the club uh, counting the you know the new team that we mentioned. And uh, you you're not necessarily dealing with people that have a lot of money, and not a lot of athletes have a lot of money. So like if you can't find a way to get your your kid into this premier program, then then we miss out on athletes. Uh, and as a soccer organization, just as soccer people and people who like soccer, we should, I think, find ways to, to recruit and get more kids in. And discouraging kids because they haven't necessarily had the opportunity uh, or, or even the interest until recently to get involved in soccer is, is not going to help uh, the sport of soccer at all. <sighs>
0: Yeah, and um, these tournament fees now, they're getting unbelievable. Like uh, I'm seeing now tournaments charging $800 for a tournament. In high school, that would just ruin your tournament. You couldn't do that in high school. But with clubs, you know, they can. And and these girls, correct me if I'm wrong here also, yeah, they wouldn't play in these tournaments that you're playing in right now. Where, where else would they play games? Where else would they get that a tournament experience? Are there sufficient recreational tournaments out there for recreational teams to go play in?
1: there There really isn't. Uh, if you look at what's available in in our particular area, uh, our hometown rec is it, it's just not adequate for developing uh, athletes in, in the sport of soccer. and you know I don't want to don't want to belittle anyone, but there's limited facilities, limited resources. We have baseball and football fields everywhere. we only have a few soccer fields uh, for the whole city, so. When they have the rec program, it's fast-paced and quick, and they practice for a couple weeks, and they go straight into games, and they're not allowed to practice anymore because there's no more facilities. And There's just so much you can teach a kid in the middle of a game. You need that opportunity to practice them to develop the talent. So we come in and fill in that space between rec and tournament, and we do have some teams that are competitive. Uh, we, We had a team go to the finals in the same tournament very good team but they've been developed for a very long time and uh you know there's there's just not a lot of opportunities on that rec level to try to take kids from from rec up to more of the uh competitive tournament level uh the local city or, or our adjoining city has a rec program but they've refused us to participate in that rec program they don't want someone who's not from their city or part of their program because they also have a competitive program and they don't want clashes between uh, the the tournament teams and the rec teams and they've had bad experiences in the past. So there's really not a lot in between that free play rec and tournament in, in our particular area. Other places seem to have a little bit more opportunity but there's a lot of places that don't.
0: Okay, and what do you have to say to the to people listening that basically will say, well, uh, you really shouldn't enter any tournaments and, uh, uh, and and really you should just focus on a little bit of practicing you can and maybe get some friendlies up with other rec teams that are around. But what would be your answer to them?
1: Uh, I mean, people, of of course, are entitled to their opinions, but for us, that has not proven to be a good strategy. It it doesn't seem to work. I've I've tried reaching out uh, to cities adjoining that have programs and, and setting up scrimmages, and and it just never seems to pan out because you know for one reason or another. And then you have uh, you know liability issues and insurance issues, and uh, you know it, if you're not if you're not uh, signed up. With LSA and going to tournaments, there just isn't that much stuff out there.
0: Okay, and uh, and what do you think is the main purpose of these tournaments? Frankly, since you're anonymous, you could tell the truth.
1: <laughs> uh, what do I think should be the purpose? Of no, the no, no.
0: What is the purpose? What do you think is the purpose of the majority of tournaments out there?
1: You know, I I would like to say that the tournaments are there to create opportunities. Uh, for people to have fun and enjoy the sport and to, and to grow the sport and develop talent. And that's, that's all the right answers. Um, I'm not sure that's always the case. Sometimes I think that the tournaments tend to kind of be fundraisers for the club. Um, you know, I, I hate to assume what people's intentions are, uh, without knowing better, but I don't know. I guess that's, that's all I really have to say about that. Right,
0: right, and I, and I do think that uh, here's the deal: if I'm going to have a tournament that's very, very competitive, I think I'd make it an invitational tournament and only get the teams that have national rankings uh, tacked onto them, which your team probably wouldn't have had. And uh, but the thing is, you're not going to raise any money that way. And uh, every team that enters, you're getting concession money. You're getting, you know. Uh, tournament entry fee money and that could pay a lot of salary so uh, I think we can't keep money out of this conversation but I do think that what winds up getting burned in this situation is teams like yours and I pray that your team stays together and does go to the Coles Cup all this good competition these ladies are getting uh, if they go to the Coles Cup they're going to find out they're playing against other rec teams Uh, they're going to be in pretty good shape and then they could go back and play high school ball better than they would have been if they would have just played softball or uh, just done nothing which uh, I, I'm my soccer clubs here on the West Bank I cannot get a U16 girls team to save my life because of softball here and the lack of uh, yep. and the lack of them being willing to get drummed by the big clubs that are around here with girls that play at more established high schools so uh, I hope your team yeah, I have, does I actually have
1: a lot of girl athletes that, you know, kind <clears> of, <throat> they're a little bit back and forth between soccer and softball. And even sometimes, uh, you know, parents don't know soccer and they do know softball and they kind of push girls in that direction. And sometimes we lose out on some really good athletes. There's girls that I've sunk a couple years into, and then I lost them to softball. And that can be kind of frustrating, but to your, to your point on, you know uh the the tournaments and and who's allowed to go to them when you go and and you look and you decide what tournaments you're going to go to there are tournaments that are that are listed only for select competitive teams and there is no rec uh listed so we obviously we know we're rec and we only pick the tournaments that list that they're specifically open to rec teams so we're we're not going to go and intentionally try to play our kids against you know the top 10 teams in the state we're really trying to find that rec level or somewhere in between rec and and you know select or competitive we're really trying to find teams that are competitive for us and i just think with the lack of opportunities that there are uh it's it it just makes it really tough
0: Right. And then, uh, I don't know about you, but I I feel like a player develops by playing in games, not just being practiced to death. And uh, there's no motivation really for a teenager to come show up to 20 practices and no games. I agree. Okay. Well, look, you have the microphone. People are listening from Shreveport to Boothville, Venice, and Monroe to uh to Moss Point uh uh do you have anything you might want to say to the to the soccer communities out there about people in your predicament and and uh that they need to hear
1: uh i mean i've i've said a lot i guess maybe to reiterate some of the things that i've I've already said if uh you know i, I personally believe that uh people should look for win-win opportunities where you know, both sides have an opportunity to gain something out of it. So, you find yourself in a in a lopsided match for any of the reasons that we talked about here. You know, in in this interview, uh, you know just just remember that if you if you discourage uh, the the up and coming talent, then that that talent can go away, and and ultimately it hurts everybody. And also playing with a lack of sportsmanship it it really gives a club and a team a bad image and it in my personal opinion it's it's bad for the kids uh cuz like i said i've i've actually been on the other side with a team where we had a chance to run the score up on someone and when i see it turning that way i immediately start making changes because it benefits my team to put restrictions and and let kids have opportunities to play different positions and things like that so that they can get better in that game instead of just a feeling of superiority for maybe a couple hours and then your team's really no better for it.
0: Amen. Well, Coach, I thank you for what you do. I thank you for your club. Um, um, I know we're keeping it anonymous, but I do know you're reaching out to a clientele that really uh, needs to be reached out to. And uh, you're giving them opportunity to play club soccer where they live instead of them having to travel an hour or so to go train. And And uh, we want to encourage you um, at Monday Night Football that uh, to keep doing what you're doing and just let this be a speed bump. And, uh, and I wish this team especially the best going into Cole's Cup in a month. Sure. Thank you. God bless you. All right, thanks for being you on too. the show. All right, thank you. Okay, everybody, that was an anonymous coach at an anonymous club who participated in an anonymous tournament. We're not trying to make any tournament look bad, okay? Uh, uh, I don't have a total answer to the problem, but I do think – like I said in the first segment, I do think having a goal against as your first tiebreaker would be very, very smart, and a goal differential with a three-goal cap would be my limit. And then you'd have to come up with some other tiebreaker, like scores against teams that you've played together with, uh, within bracket or or your out of bracket games, or just something, so that we don't have these fifteen to nothing drummings and. One thing I'll say about the team that scored 15, they might have been pushing because they needed 14 goals. With 14 goals, they wouldn't advance, but with 15 goals, they would. So it's not like this coach, this coach might be a very good sport. And in normal situations, like in high school, he might stop the scoring at three or four, or she might. And um, um, although we have an eight nothing system in high school ball, which I still think is too much, I think five nothing is. Is enough, you know, um, but that's neither here nor there. In the club world, you know, uh, there are people who make their livings off these clubs, okay, and uh, and they charge a lot of money, and they have to justify that money by showing that they're teaching their kids an elite uh, level. And there are people like me out there and this guy who are trying to do that with a lot – with no money involved. We do it – like I do it for the greater glory of God, which my wife would like to see a little bit more money come into the house. But I want to see these kids who are uh, in high school playing against these developed players have a chance to to, to compete. Now, when it all washed out at the end of the high school season, the teams with club players wound up winning. Okay? I mean, that's usually how it goes, and I just feel bad because I see a lot of players on the teams that have lost – With athletes who are better athletes than the teams that have won, and we keep going back to the same formula of why in the world can't we win at the international level, and it's because we're turning those kids off – Okay, I have a football coach that would take any kid from my soccer program and put him on the football team. And we're not talking about a bad football team at De La Salle. We're talking about a state competitor. And uh, we were in the state semifinals last year and lost to University, the metro State champion. And we don't cut a player in football. And and uh, at least they get a chance to dress out, be a part of a competitive team. They're not embarrassed. And they don't get picked on by their classmates or people in their neighborhood. Uh, they get a chance to be a part of a really good program that everybody's paying attention to. And so, why would they? Why would they keep playing on a soccer team that's losing twelve to nothing? So, uh, there's a lot of ramifications here for the growth of our sport. And I'd hate for soccer people to be part of the problem instead of part of the solution. So that's why we have this show here. i don't to tell us what you think below, and uh, and and I'll be glad to uh, I'll be glad to look at all your comments on the Monday Night Football Facebook page, and and, uh, and we'll give everybody their due. Um, I just I just do think that with the clubs that are the tournaments that are coming up in the, in the state in the next five weeks. Uh, I would really hate to see more of this going on. And um, and it's not just here. I saw in Florida the same thing happened this weekend and in Texas. So where teams are uh, – there's not a bad reason for this gold differential tiebreak, okay? It's a good reason to try to get the elite teams winning the championships. But I just don't want to see these kids who are maybe even better athletes – Quit on soccer when it might not be too late for them to develop. I've seen players develop their senior year in high school, get to the point where they could play four years of college ball in Indiana. I coached one. Okay, and he came to my club. He he was a second string defensive back, and he wanted. He just loved soccer, so he came to our soccer club, Soccer Innovations of America, and uh, we developed him to the point that he walked on in a program in Indiana. He played for four years. Okay, and uh, he would—I don't think he would have played college football at all. And uh, he was just athletic enough to play fullback, but he got four years of college ball under under his belt, and it's because he developed, okay, playing club ball. So, um, here's just some food for thought. We could keep this conversation going next week. And if you want to be a part of this and you want to be a guest uh, on our show, okay, we reached out to this coach. But you reach out to me, I'll gladly give you the time of day. This is your show, this is not my show. This is Monday Night Football, and I want to see y'all involved with it, okay? Anyhow, I thank y'all for being a part of this show. And, uh, and again, uh, um, God bless you and your families, and uh, we'll see you after the break.
1: It's no ordinary sports show. Candid conversation. We've got it all. Must have guests.
0: Significant Louisiana sports figures. Serious knowledge. Post-game breakdowns, trivia, historical flashbacks, and
1: my editorials. That'll make even the most die-hard sports fans go wow. From the one guy who's always
0: in the zone. It's what happens when you've been around Louisiana sports this long.
1: The WGNO Sports Zone Wednesdays
0: at ten fifteen. Okay, and that's going to do it for our show tonight. I want to again thank LSU Alexandria for the sponsorship of the show. And uh, uh, again, if you are interested in going to the LSU Women's Camp, it is on the thirtieth of March. And uh, it's only $80. If you're interested in the boys' camp, it's going to be on the 4th of May. Plenty of time to get ready for that. Again, it is only $8 on the campus of LSU Alexandria. Get information by co- uh, contacting uh, Coach Sonilla. that's N-S-U-N-I-L-A, at LSUA.edu. Or call three one eight three two one seven eight three eight for more information, mm-hmm. and I would suggest that you also listen to our pot to uh, watch our Facebook live, um, which is not going to talk about this topic. We're going to talk about some of the loose ends uh, that high schools closing up uh, when it comes to the all state selection, and also talk about uh, some. Uh, where soccer is headed for high school ball uh, in the future and what we should be looking forward to and what we should be lobbying for. Uh, That'll be what we're talking about on Facebook Live. And I appreciate uh, all of you supporting us in that regard. If you are interested in advertising, you can get in touch with me at MNFUTBOL on Facebook or Twitter, or you could get in touch with me at Ada Ritter um, on LA Prep Soccer. I want to thank everybody LA Prep Soccer because uh, we are an extension of them, and uh, uh, it is one of the unique things, as you heard. Coach Jeremy talked about last week. It's one of the unique things that we have in Louisiana that other states do not have. Other states that are great, like Florida, okay, where all of our coaches are kind of like in one community, and we we talk to each other, we meet with each other. I don't think we meet enough, but at least we have electronic contact with each other. And uh, and we have this modem of Monday Night Football where we can kind of try to grow the sport, which we all love. Okay, so if I offended anybody tonight, that wasn't the intent of the show. If, I, if it was, I'd be calling you out by name. I think everybody who's listening to the show, you want what's best for soccer. And so we kind of have to talk about it um, in a general way so that we don't ruffle anybody's feelings. If I thought you were not trying to develop the sport or you were trying to harm kids intentionally, then we'll call you out. Okay, uh, so if you felt like you were called out, that was, you're not correct, call me, get in touch with me. Uh, I wasn't trying to hurt anybody's tournament or anybody's reputation out there. Um, we're all in it to try to develop this game. And uh, 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 I just wanted you to hear from another point of view how it kind of stings uh, and how it's hard to get a team to want to keep playing when they know they don't really have a chance. To get out there, I think, especially at the girls' level, um, we we do not have enough average teams out there. The girls who are really taking it serious keep playing, and the girls who really aren't serious about soccer, uh, they just drop off. And it's a shame because there's soccer scholarships out there that are definitely attainable to the average soccer player if they're willing to go to these schools that exist that are offering these scholarships. Okay, It might not be a good fit for some people, but there are a lot of girls' soccer teams out there. They don't care if they win or lose. They just want Title IX money. Not money, but Title IX status so their football team can exist. And there's a lot of really decent schools out there and good schools where girls have a great opportunity to get a scholarship playing soccer and boys just do not have that opportunity. I've talked about Title IX for years on this show. I'd love to have another show about it. But that's for another show for another time. Um, Y'all, thank you for being a part of our show. Contact us if you have any questions or concerns. And remember, carpe diem in Christ. And um, may God bless you and your families. And uh, we'll see you next week, God willing, on Monday Night Football, your voice for you soccer. This is Coach Alan Dritter, wishing you a great, great uh, week this week.